to In the Word with Pastor Don Haskins, where we open up the Bible to see what God's Word says and how it might apply to our lives. Our prayer is that you allow Jesus to change you from the inside out. And now, today's lesson. book of Colossians. And, and last week we talked about um, faith, love, and hope. You know, typically you hear faith, hope, and love. But in, in Paul's writing last week, it was talking about faith, love, and hope. And faith is a, is a belief. It's a conviction of, of the truth of anything. Okay, so there's just faith. You have, again, I talked about it last week. You guys all displayed again this week, displaying faith again as you sat down in your chairs. You had a belief and understanding that this chair, I don't know this chair, but it's going to hold me. And, you, and it did. Many of you displayed faith this morning as you put the key in your car and hopefully most of it, it, you turned it and it started, you know. Um, Sometimes that faith doesn't always work out, but this morning it did. The love, it's it's an affection, it's it's a goodwill, it's a benevolence. Okay, it's it's a it's we have experiences with each other in this this small church of how we just continue to reach out for each other and to to help each other of the different needs that you might be going through. Be able to love each other and to be able to, to pray for one another. Come alongside and, and assist either financially sometimes or physically sometimes or, or just to be that person to let somebody just to cry on your shoulder. We've all displayed that in this church or, or maybe you've had the opportunity where somebody has displayed it to you. As Paul says, you know, the, the faith and love and, and what that does is it builds up our hope and our hope is an, it's an expectation. Remember we talked about Romans 5, 5 and, and our hope doesn't disappoint us because God has poured out His love for all the saints. Who is our hope? And our hope it isn't in, in Pastor Kevin or our hope isn't in the person next to you or our hope is in God. More importantly, our hope is in, in Christ Jesus and what He has done for us. That we look forward to that. And that, that our faith and that our, our love for others just it, it builds and it just continues to grow in that hope that we can't wait to one day to see that to come true. That either we pass away or, or He calls us and we're out of here and we actually get to see that hope. We get to see Christ and we get to see God and, and walk in His presence. It's just it's an amazing thought to think of. Again, it's hard to for us to imagine here on this earth of what will that look at as we continue to do our day-to-day grind and go to work. And if you've got kids, you've got kids. And if you don't have kids, you've got other people's kids. And you've got people driving on the road and, and trying to go get water and, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff of just life. It's just the stuff of life. And so, so many times it's hard for us then to turn around to focus on that hope and to remember that. Paul's encouraging them to, to cling to their faith. Cling to that faith. Don't get distracted. We talked about the Gnostics the last couple of weeks too of just, of just the, the Greek word there is just of knowledge. And that was what was coming in. The heresy at the time in this area was just, again, remember, just the freedom of just them thinking that was knowledge is, is what was their God. Paul says, you know, again, I, I want you to be smart. And here we're going to talk about having, you know, being smart today and, and learning and getting God's wisdom. But the Gnostics were coming in and saying it was, it was just knowledge. Knowledge is the God. We see that so many times today in universities and smart people on TV telling us how we should be living and because they know everything and, 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 and yet God said it's, it's my wisdom I need you to have. 
it's my wisdom that you need to be able to to be able to develop and to to continue to grow within your life. Paul says, don't get distracted by that. Cling to your faith. Last week I mentioned when we talked about in verse three, it says we give thanks to to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying for you always. Well, today in verse 9 is actually the start of what he prays for them. We talked about that last week, and we're going to talk about it this week. That In verse 9, it starts off, it says, For this reason, again, everything that he talked about before that, of all the good works that they were doing and the things that they were doing. So we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That we ask, that we, we pray for you guys, that we ask. We, we actually, there's a request, there's a beg that he gives, that they're praying for them. Lord, we're just, we're just begging. We're beseeching for this, this group of people. We're reaching out for them, Lord, that, that you would do this thing. There's going to be two that yous. Again, anytime you're reading the scripture, you kind of, what, if something is repeated, you kind of want to look at those sayings and mark them down. So the first of the that yous, Okay, the first two things that he's praying for, that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you would be filled, that you would, to make full, it's to, it's to fill up of spiritual possessions. Again, it's, it's not just to fill up of just useless knowledge. We joke around in my house sometimes is that some topic, a random topic will come up and I'll just know about it. I don't know why. I've heard it somewhere. I've watched History Channel. I've just, it's, and I, it's just useless knowledge. I don't know why I have it, okay? But I have it, okay? Jonathan's coming alongside. Now he's coming to get some useless knowledge as well too. So I'll just, random stuff. They're like, hey, this. And I'm like, yeah, it's that. And they're like, how do you know that? I have no clue, okay? Because I can't remember like when... A lot of stuff. Just ask my wife. <laughs> I can't remember what I can't remember. But but just it's not filling up with useless knowledge. No, we want to fill up with the things of, of God. Again, as I continue to encourage you guys is to be in your word every single day. Even though you may think, man, I'm not getting anything out of it right now. Just continue to fill your heart with the word of God. Continue to bathe yourself in the word of God. Many years ago, we were reading through the Bible and, and, you know, you read through Leviticus and we're going to talk a little bit about Leviticus today too. And, and Deuteronomy and you're just like, oh my gosh, I have no clue what they're talking about here. The cool thing is like three or four times later, you start reading it and you're like, oh, I remember that. I know what that. And then it's really cool then too, when you see in the New Testament, you're like, hey, that kind of matches up over here. Fill up your heart and your mind with the things of God, of spiritual possessions. Knowledge is the knowledge of, of things that are ethical and divine. It's to be full and, and, and accurate knowledge. And it's this will and, and the will of, 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 of what God wishes to be done by us. It's, it's to be filled with the will here. You see it as, as be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom. Again, it's not what Kevin's, you know, let Kevin's will be done on earth. It's, it's what God's will is. Again, Christian, what does God want you to do? What are things in your life that you know, man, God's calling you to do this? What is the will of God within your life? Ephesians 5.17 17 says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand that the will of the Lord is. Don't be unwise, but understand it. 
Understand, be in communion with God. And Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And it's not always like big things. Well, you know what? In 20 years, I'm going to be here and I'm going to do this and I've got plans to do that. And, and that's great. You need to have a direction. If you're in a boat, you have to have an idea where you're going, correct? And so, but again, sometimes it's just, what is my will today, Lord? I've woken up. I drank my coffee. God, what is it that you want me to do today? What is the will of God for me today? As, as you, you fill your heart now with the, with the word and you, you, you bathe yourself with that and now you're in communion, you're in prayer to him and now you're, you're giving your life and saying, God, whatever it is that you want me to do today. Do you want me to talk to that person at work that I never talked to, that I ignore? Do you want me to, to, to help somebody at the grocery store? What, what is the will that you have for me today? He doesn't want you to be unwise. He wants you to seek after him. He's praying for the, the church of Colossae here because he knows that there's, they've done some good works and they're, they've, they've got a, a love for the saints, but he's, he's making sure that they're still focused. We don't want you to lose that focus. Christian, the same thing within our lives is, again, as the stuff of life comes in, as, as the things that are going on, Lord, it, it just helps us to be able to stay focused. What does God have for me today? Because today is a new day. It's fresh. Your will hopefully was to be here this morning. Where is it to go after that? Who is it the person that you met today that you're like, you know what? We're just putting them on my heart to pray for them. Not just the new people. Maybe it's somebody that you just see and you've known them for a while and you're like, there's just something about their countenance today. There's just something off. Oh, they're, they're saying that they're okay. And again, as I've talked about before too, just one of the benefits of, again, being in a bigger church at one point, not knowing the person next to you, of, of coming into a church and, and, and kind of just knowing everybody at this point, right? We kind of just know, we, we're like family. I mean, it's like brothers and sisters, like, hey, what's up, man? But, it's, but you really know then if that person's really not all there. How are you doing, man? Oh, I'm good. Uh, no, you're not. What, what's really going on? Do, do you have a second? Let's, let's go spend some time together. Let's, 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 let's see what's going on here. The will and the wisdom. And the wisdom here is, is, is opposed to the, the false philosophy that's, that's being entered in. We want godly wisdom. The first thing that I thought of was, was Proverbs 1 7. It's, it's the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Again, it's not the fear of the Lord like God's going to just come up behind you and just whack you in the back of the head. It's not that fear. Do you have a respect and an honor for the Lord? Psalm twenty five twelve says, Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. It, it's coming into his presence and, and again as so many times we come in and you know, God's my he's my homie, he's my bro, hey, he's my my papa and all and, and God is your your dad. But you need to respect him and honor him. Again, we, we come into the presence. If we were to meet the president, whether you like him or not, you know, with either administration, pick the one that you liked. But, but if you were to come into the president, presence of that president that you liked, you would have honored that president. You would have, yes, sir, Mr. President. So nice. I mean, you would have just been in awe of the, the, and that's just a position. It's a manly position. As you come into the presence of God and you, you, you lay down your requests before him and you, you honor him with your heart. You bow down in reverence to God and you say, Lord, of all creation. You just spoke and everything came into presence. And yet you still love me. You still think of me. 
and in, in, in the, in, in the in incredible vast universe of everything that has been created, God still thinks of you right now. Got a little heart part there, like Adam walking in this morning. Got a little something right here for you. God just loves you. And so as you, you come into him in reverence and, and not in an audacity and just blazing, just walking in there, it's, God, I, I come into your presence knowing that only you have got wisdom. Only you have the knowledge that I need today. Christian, are you willing to be humble and to fear the Lord and, and give him the respect that he deserves? The key is to be filled with God's knowledge and God's wisdom. We want our foundation to be built upon Him. You know, the, the foundation, do you want a solid foundation or do you want the foundation on the sand? Again, if we have foundation on the sand, especially in Florida, everything's going to fall apart, right? So you have to make sure that foundation is properly made. Well, God is that foundation for you within your life. Remember, we just did James, the book of James. James 3.17 says, but the, but the wisdom that is from above, remember, God's wisdom is first what? It's pure. Again, it wasn't, and it was on purpose that he did that. At first, the first wisdom that if you're gaining some wisdom and you're like, ah, it's a little shady, but you know what, I'm going to go with it. Well, it's not of God. The wisdom of God is first pure. It's holy. It's complete. Then it's peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruit without partiality and without hypocrisy. But it's first pure. As you gain that knowledge and God's not going to give you a shady idea to make a little bit of money and not going to give you a shady idea to kind of cut around the corners to get up. God's going to work in your life and just give you godly wisdom and knowledge. And then, then he's going to point you on the direction of whatever the will is for that he has for you that day. What does God want me to do today? So for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse 10 is the second that you, okay, the next request is that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. That you may walk, it is to regulate one's life, it's to conduct yourself. To worthy is to, is to be suitable, it's, it's a manner worthy of. So as you're, as you're walking your life, it's, it's to carry yourself in a certain, in a certain manner, correct? It's, it's, again, I can't, I can't say I'm worshiping the Lord and then hang out and do things that I know are not, are not worthy, are not godly. I told again in my, my, my testimony, part of my testimony is I got saved and well then I was still kind of hanging with my old friends and going out on, on Friday night and Saturday night and then, and then kind of going to church on Sunday and I was just, I was miserable Saturday night because I'm like, gosh, I, I should not be here. I just, I don't belong here. And then I really felt miserable Sunday morning because I'm like, man, I just know everything that I did the night before. And, and here I am in and, and presence of God and just these people. What am I doing? It was just miserable. It was miserable going out, miserable then going to church. And well, it was because of the fact that I wasn't walking in a worthy manner. I mean, it's kind of hard to, to be, to live a certain way and then hang out with just pigs and slop. And, and I mean, you just, you really? I mean, I'm just not clean anymore. What am I doing? You've got to remove yourself and, and to walk on a, on, a, on a path that is worthy. It's worthy of the call, right? Philippians 1.27 says, and Paul speaking says, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ. The, Christ spent so much for you. So much for you. 
Do we not owe Him just the worthiness of how I'm to live my life? Paul speaking to the Ephesians in Ephesians 4.1, it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, I beg you, I beg you, Ephesians, to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. See, each of us in this room, again, if we go back to the fact that he's praying for them to, to know and to, to walk in the will of what God has, well, it's kind of hard to, to walk in that will of what God has for you when you're not walking correctly. If, if I'm hanging out with, with all the sinners, and, and not just that I'm hanging out with the ministering, but I'm doing the things of what sinners do, it's kind of hard then to do the will of God, is it not? I, I, can't, I can't do that. Why? Because I'm sitting there and I'm just, I'm just dirty. And then now the, the world doesn't see any difference between me and them, and they're like, well, why do I need God? You see that in so many churches today that they're willing to compromise the gospel in so many ways so that, oh, well, we're doing this so that we can reach out to the world. We can be a better witness to them. That's not how you see the apostles living. It's not how you see the disciples living. They lived purposefully for Jesus. And they were not willing to compromise what they did. Paul never compromised. Forgetting the things that have, of the past, I strive Forward, the upward calling of what Christ has called. The upward calling. This morning, maybe you're going through that and you're like, man, I'm just not sure of, of really the direction that I should be going. And, and But you know right now that the Lord's saying, well, there's this thing in your heart. There's this thing that's going on in your lifestyle. You You shouldn't be doing that. And Christian, he loves you. You know that. And so many times we take that love and we say, oh, well, he'll forgive me of that. But is it the best? And Christine, I can do things to Christine and oh, she'll forgive me. I mean, she's my wife. She's, for better or worse, hello. You know, she's all in, you know. Poor her. But is it my best? I mean, do I want to call, cause grievance and, and sadness to her? Or do I want to give her my best? I want to give her my best. And, and not so that it's, it's, I'm not doing it so that I'm going to trick God or I'm going to trick Christine. I'm going to give her my best. Well, then, then she'll give me. No, I have only control me. And I don't give my best to God so that he'll bless me with a, a Jaguar or a house on Siesta and all that kind of, no, it's not that way. Again, if I, if I never got saved, I still owe my very best to God. He gave me life. He's given me all that I have. Well, then you know what? Even if I don't get salvation, I deserve, He deserves my worship today. It has nothing about getting anything back from Him. I deserve nothing from Him. Am I willing? Are you willing? Are we willing to give our best to Him? Am I willing to live that life? Well, then there's four specific things within this area of, of, of maybe the sanctification process within your life or the growing part of your life. In, in verse 10 and 12, it'll, it'll start off here. It says, so, so again, that, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. Well, you want to be being fruitful in every good work. So the first thing here is, is being fruitful in every good work. That there needs to be fruit. That there needs to be something that you can see from that. It's, it's to bear. It's to bring forth. There's deeds. For us, it's, it's men and women who show their knowledge of religion, not by speaking. It's show their knowledge of religion by their conduct. That people would see that, you know what? You know why I know that person's a Christian? They don't have to speak a word to me. I can see it by their life. I can see it by their actions. 
I can see by the things that they do, how they, they, they hold themselves up, how the walk that they're walking and the, the knowledge that they have and the way that they're living, the way he treats his wife and his kids and his, that he's a good worker and his boss never has to, to come down on him, that he's just, he's just there and he does his job. Mark 4.20 says, and it's, it's talking about the parable of the soils and the, the last soil is, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Again, if you're, if you're a good soil and, and, the, and, the, and the seed has been planted there and you're, you're growing in your life, that good soil then should produce fruit, should it not? In your life, if you're, if you're, you're growing in good soil and you're, you're watering it and you're doing the things that you, sh- you're tilling it properly, you're getting rid of the tares and, and all that kind of stuff, should there not be fruit from your life? You say, well, Chris, I can't, I, I'm not sure if I've got really fruit. Well, then go back. Is there some pruning that you need to do? Is there some things that you need to correct within your life to make sure that that pruning and that, that growth can happen now? Sometimes, again, going back to my, my, my earlier days of the walk, is I had to do some pruning within my life. And that meant some friends had to go. And why? Because, well, they just weren't the right influence, and I was walking with, in the world, and, and so I was like, I, I, need to, I need to remove this. I need to prune my tree some here so that I, I can get proper growth. And sometimes that stuff hurts. And, 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 it, and it causes pain. And I'm sure if we, when we trim our trees in the spring and, and, and that tree is like, hey, man, that, stop that. That hurts. I, I like that branch. Why are you cutting it off, man? Why? Because I want you to grow bigger. And, and I can't do that unless, unless I get all these other ones on. Why? Because I want nice fruit on you. And again, the beautiful thing here is, is it some 30, some 60, some 100? Okay, it doesn't mean that if I don't have a hundred fruit that I'm failing in some way. No, again, what is the talent that God's given you? If he says, I just want 30 fruit from you. I need 30 good fruit from you. Don't be looking at somebody else's a hundred and go, man, I wish I had that. I'm a miserable Christian. No. Again, we're not responsible for the tree doesn't sit there and go, I got to get a fruit out today. He doesn't, he's not pushing fruit out. Okay. It's not like chicken with an egg. The fruit, the fruit just comes from the tree, right? A tree doesn't do anything. It just produces it. Your life, you should be, you should be producing fruit. People around you should see the difference again in you, and that should cause them to have a question. It should encourage those, those Christians that maybe are not living a right life to go, you know what? I'm being convicted right now by the way that person's living their life. And I need to get back to the things that I was doing before. And man, what am I doing? The beautiful thing again too is Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 is for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. Again, we can't boast on this, okay? It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So you sit there and you do something good and you're like, man, I, I rocked it today. I did this great job today. Well, guess what? God he prepared that from the beginning of time. And the beautiful thing about God is that he's like, good job today doing that. And you're like, but you prepared it ahead of time. Yeah, I know, but, but you did it. I'm so happy for you. And I'm just going to, I'm going to bless you for doing that. And you're like, so let me get this straight. So you prepared it from the beginning of time. You, you gave me the faith and the ability to do what you've called me to do. And then I did it. And then you're going to bless me for that. Yeah, that's how it works, man. 
I, I just, I just so, I just love my kids and I just want to, I just want to pour into them. See, again, as we continue to walk and as we go back earlier to the, the faith, hope, and love, as we continue to grow in our faith, as we continue to grow in our hope that we look to Jesus, should it not then encourage you to want to do more good works? As you continue to learn the, the character traits of who God is and that he, He'll never leave you or forsake you. He's the same today, to yesterday, and tomorrow. And, and God, He's that person. Should it not just encourage you? Should you not look just look at God and go, man, I... I want to do more. I do. I want to do more. I'm like, man, there's so much God that I would love to do. Can you just, just, just funnel it through me? You know, if that person doesn't want to do it, you know, if, if Yaneth, Yaneth, if, if, who doesn't want to do God's work? Just raise your hand real quick. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll take their work, Lord. Just give it to me. I'll do it. Funnel, I want to do more, God. I just, I just love him. I thank him so much. Two, the second thing that you're going to do, so you're going to be being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And again, the knowledge of God is, is increasing, is to, to cause, to grow, to become greater in the knowledge of the world. Again, we're not supposed to be stupid Christians. We're not dumb Christians. We're not, we're not, I'm not telling you to do that. Again, I, I believe in science. I think science just points us right back to God. I, I'm, a, I'm just learn as much as you possibly can. I am about that. Well, again, what's going to save you? It's the knowledge of God. It's His knowledge. It's His knowledge that helps you to be able to, to work this thing called a marriage. It's His knowledge that's the one that, that helps you to be a better parent for your kids. It's His knowledge that gives you the understanding that when I go to my job, I'm supposed to work as if I'm working for the Lord. That I'm not working for a paycheck or I'm not working for that, that guy, whether I like him or don't like him. Or I'm not, it's not that. It, it's the Word of God. The Word of God is the one that encourages me to do those things. The knowledge is it's precise and it's correct. And in Philippians 1.9, we read that a few months ago. It says, And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Paul again just saying, man, I want you guys, just your knowledge is to, just to continue to grow, to abound, to get so full, and just continue to just have a desire to seek after Him. Man, I want to know so much more about God. You know, it's amazing as I, we, we sit here and I've got, I have pages of notes from the last, just this week alone for this area. I have pages. I mean, we could talk for three hours, but I have a fantasy draft today. I can't do that. You know, so it's, it's a point where, so then you have to take three hours of stuff that I could just, and just combine it and bring it down to, you know, this time that we have. That much. And, and even in that, that three, I, I still shortcutted myself. There was still so much more to look into and I'm like, I don't have time to do that. I've got to stay back to where I was. Just abound in his knowledge. There's so many resources nowadays, Christian, that you can just go on. You can go online, Blue Letter Bible. I mean, there's so many commentary. I mean, there's so much out there that you can just, you can do your own Bible study and just learn. Or you can just do it the good old-fashioned way. Just read the scripture with the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit just to, just to show you that day. As you're reading it, the Holy Spirit comes along and is just like, hey, this one verse, this is the verse that you need today. And you just sit there and you meditate on it and you just, you just pour over that verse and you just, you just grow in your knowledge of Him. Philippians 3.10, Paul still speaking, says, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering being conformed to His death. I just want to know Jesus. 
That's all that Paul wanted to know. I just want to continue to grow in him. So being fruitful in every good work and increasing in knowledge of God, verse 11, we see strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. So it's strengthened with all might. It's, it's to make strong. It's to confirm. It's, it's a moral power and an excellence of soul. You just, you're, you're, you're strengthened in that and, 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 and by what? His glorious power. Again, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with, with Kevin trying to, to do the right things and to follow a program and, and try to move myself up. It, it has nothing to do with that. It's, it's God's glorious. The glorious here is, is the might in which the majesty excels. It's the majesty of God as ex- exhibited in deeds and of power. You know, God is so glorious and huge. And even this morning as we were praying before, of just, you know, as, as destructive as a hurricane is, can you imagine just the, the intricacies of, of that storm, of how it's just created? And again, as, as the glorious power that God has that he just spoke, and, and all the heavens were created. God didn't go in the, the workshop in the back and he didn't sit there and struggle for weeks or years or however long. He just, God just, he just spoke it. His glorious power. A power that I have no understanding of what he does and, and, and how the Big Bang happened. And again, we talked about that. It just, I, I have no understanding. It just, the word just says he just spoke. That's how glorious and, and strong your God is. The power is, is the might of his strength. And Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. The power of his might. It then goes on to say, Hey, look, now, now you need to put on your armor of God. But, but you do that if just the power of his might. If God is for you, who can be against you? Strengthened with all might according to his his glorious power. For what? What is the reason that we do this for? Well, it's for all patience and long suffering with joy. You guys ever struggle with patience and long suffering? Yeah, just hand and I. Patience here is is the characteristic of a man who is unmoved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety by the greatest trials and sufferings. And so many times we can look in the Bible and there are just there's tons of stories that we can look at. And look at Joseph and just the struggles that he went through in his family, then being going to be killed and then, no, we're not going to kill him because we can make some money off him and we're going to sell him. And he goes to Potiphar's house, he's falsely accused and then he gets thrown in jail and he's in jail for 10, 12 years and supposed to get out, doesn't get out. I mean, just you look at this man's life. just the patience and, and the waiting and just the characteristic of a Joseph to be able to sit there and go, I don't know why I'm here. I did nothing wrong. I mean, he might have been a little whiny and a little braggy and stuff like that, but not worth the things that he went through. To be sold into slavery by his own family. And again, we talked about that a couple years ago when we did a study on that of just just again, the cries out that he probably screamed. You know, being th- first thrown into the pit and then, then being pulled out of the pit and going, oh my God, I'm glad they came to their senses. And then them going, no, we, we didn't. We, we're going to sell you now. 
and being put in that crate and heading down to Egypt. And just, again, can you imagine the tears? The frustration of just, of what is going on? Why, why are they doing this? And then you in your own life and, and through all of us have gone through different struggles of just, of, of whether it's, you know, because of a family member or a spouse or somebody at work or somebody we knew a long time ago of just, of just the, the problems and the struggles that maybe you have gone through. And you're like, I, I didn't do anything wrong. I don't know why I'm here, but I am. Paul's saying, I'm, I'm praying for you to be strengthened with all might. So that when you go through those times of long suffering and, 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 and struggles, that you'll be able to have dignity and, and you'll be able to continue to, to seek after your God. And know that He's the one that's going to provide the grace for you to get through that time. And He's going to be the one that's going to be able to, to give you the strength and the words. And He's the one that's going to receive those tears at times of just being able to sit there and just hug you and say, Look, I, I'm here for you. I haven't left. Yeah, though the world should leave, I'm, I'm here for you. all patience and long-suffering with joy. And again, going back to Joseph, is, the interesting part there is we don't really see in Scripture where you know he had a great prayer life and he, had, you know, he sat there and he did his prayers and he was talking to God. We just see the visions that he received from God to have an understanding of why he was making the claims. And we know that God gave him the wisdom that he needed to have to be able to lead Egypt eventually. But, but we know this. Eventually it worked out and the plan of God that he had continued to work and then Joseph must have served with joy, correct? Now again, as, as that thing happens to you in your life, I'm not saying that you're, you're just, it's not a fake joy. Again, like I've, you know, talked about, I've got cancer, yay! You know, it's, it's not a fake joy. There's a, there's a time for grieving. There's a time that you need to, you're, you have emotions. This is the way that the Lord gave us, but it's a point where you don't allow your emotions to take control of your body. Again, it's not the flesh that is in control of my body. It's my spirit. And as we go through those struggles in our life and we go through those hard times in our life, it's when we draw ourselves and we realize where we're at and then that's when you go to the feet of the cross. It's that moment where you just say, Lord, I, I don't know. I have no answers. I don't know the things that I'm going through. I don't know why I'm going through this right now. But I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to submit myself to you. To know that you knew that I was going to be here today in this problem that I'm going through. And to know again that if anybody lacks wisdom, I need to come to him who gives it liberally. Correct in James? It's the gladness. It's the joy. It's a, it's a joyful endurance. Christian, don't forget the joy. Again, as we uh, we get together for prayer, and and so many times it's 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 all of us do it. Here's the oh, this person's got a need. Oh, this person's got a need. Oh, this person's struggling with this. This person's struggling with this. And uh, you know, it's sometimes you get into prayer and you're like, I don't want to go to prayer because I'm going to get depressed. You know, all these things are happening to people, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I I I can't handle. Lord, how do you do it? You know, do you remember Bruce Almighty where he was like? Yes to everybody, you know, and he just hit yes to everybody and everybody got everything they wanted. And so it's a point where you sit there and you're just like, I don't know how God does it. I don't know. I don't know how he listens to those things because I'm sitting in there and I'm I'm just like getting depressed. You know, and it's Lynette praying and saying, Lord, we want to 
we want to thank you and just remember the goodness of who you are. And Christian, so many times, again, as we, we go through this life and we go through things, we continue to just, sometimes we just focus on the negative. But again, it's, it's the joy. There is a joy in the journey. There's a, there's a happiness to then be able to look back in the past as Joseph was able to do when he became, you know, second in charge of all of Egypt to be able to sit there and look back and go, man, what, what you guys meant for bad, evil, man, God meant for good. Because see, had I gotten out of jail at that time, man, I would have run back home to you guys. One, I might have cleaned house, but I, I was heading back home. I was going to go see my dad. I missed him. But God said, no, I, I, you can't come out now. I, I need you here because your goal is you're going to be here because I'm going to use you to save all of Egypt. And then I'm going to save you, use you to save what I'm going to eventually call the nation of Israel because I'm going to keep you in this point. Christian, would you be willing to do that for, for God if that was his intent? He's like, I've got, a, I've got a plan for you in your life, but there's going to be a 16-year stretch here of you're just going to go through some stuff, man. Hard. But the reason that I'm doing that is because I've got a greater plan. The joy within the journey. Verse 12 is the fourth thing. Is, is Verse 12 says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the, in the light. It's giving thanks. It's, and this is connected back to verse 9 and verse 10. It's not, it's not something different, but it's Paul stresses thanks many times within his, 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 his books, his letters. 2 Corinthians 1.11, Ephesians 5.20, Philippians 4, 6, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. It's, it's, it's to give thanks to the Father. And, you know, and, and one of the reasons, I don't do it, I shouldn't bring this up, but one of the reasons that you journal, one of the reasons that you write prayer requests down on your own time is so that you can then go back and see those answered prayers. Because again, as you go through life and the stuff of life just continues to come in and just bombard you and just going through is you kind of forget that at times. Did I even pray? What? I mean, I don't remember what I prayed for last week. How? And then if you go back through your, your journal, you're able to look at those things um, and, and, and you're able to see that, oh man, God answered that prayer there. Look, oh, God answered that prayer. God answered that prayer. Because again, you know, sometimes we, you know, I talked about this last week or the week before, you know, I'll pray for something for a week. And if it doesn't come through, then I'm like, you know what? God doesn't want me to do it. Let me move on. Well, that's not, that's not prayer with unceasing. You you need to continue to, to send your request to the Lord. You need to continue to come to him and not give up. You need to give thanks to him. I think it was, forget which one it was. It was Isaac or or something. Every time that the Lord spoke to him, um, he created an altar. The Lord spoke to me here. And he created an altar. Do whatever he's doing. A little Minecraft there. Build something up real quick. That's for my daughter. And every time that he would go back and he was going through a struggle time, he could come back and say, you know what? The Lord spoke to me here. Right here. God spoke to me and he said this to me. Why? Because there was a there was a there was an altar there that he could go back to physically, and so in your own life you need to create those altars so that you can go back to a time and say, you know what? I, I know the enemy is trying to trick me right now, but God, I know you're real. Why? Because you did this in my life. There was this time in my life where I was going through this struggle, and we give thanks to the Father. Why? Because He's qualified us. He's quali- He is qualified. 
It's to make sufficient. It's to render fit. And, and he does all this to us. He's, he's qualified us. And it's kind of cool how Paul takes, takes us from, he's talking to them. And now as he gets to something else, he's, he's now including himself. He's, he's, it's just, Paul just is, is an unbelievably humble guy. He just, again, it's, it's, it's the us. He qualified us. I'm including myself in that. We get to partake in the inheritance. You realize that as children of God, it was supposed to be just the chosen nation, and then they reached out and brought in the Gentiles, which is us, and he brings us in here, and now the inheritance is now ours as well too. I don't know. He qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance. The saints in the light. And light is used in the, in the heavenly state. It's, it's, it's a consonant and free from every imperfection to which the true disciples of Christ will be exalted. It's equivalent to the kingdom of light. The cool thing about light is that when you have light, there, you cannot have darkness at the same time. So you can have darkness, but as soon as light enters, it's not, like you can't do the other way, like, oh, the darkness is going to overtake the light. No, it can't happen that way. It just doesn't work that way. Light actually penetrates and takes out the darkness. A saved person should display this because of, of the light then, and that's inside of them. So as a saved person, there should be this knowledge and this purity and this love and this joy. It should be the fruits of the Spirit within your life. This, this light should come out of you. Again, as we, we've talked about it so many times this morning, if, as, as you continue your walk, that light of God should just shine to everybody to see. Again, there's, there should not be darkness within your life. And you should, if there is, then you need to go and you need to pluck it. You need to get rid of those things within your life. Why? Because this light needs to shine. We know 1 John 1, five says, We know God is what? He's light. God is light. I think it's in 1 Timothy, at the end of 1 Timothy, it talks about the unapproachable light. God, when you get to heaven, there's going to be this unapproachable light. He is just going to shine so bright. We're just going to be able to come in His presence and we're going to be like, oh my goodness, that's, that's God. It's unapproachable light. This is as opposed to what we see in darkness and We'll move on to verse 13. It says, And He has delivered us again from the power of darkness and conveyed us to, into the kingdom of His Son and of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. He has, God has, He's, he's delivered us. He's, he's rescued us. Christian, we, we, were, we were off the damnation. We were, we were lost, justifiably. I mean, we were sinners. I mean, all of us in this room were we're, we still are. I mean, you know, good news. We're still sinners. We still need God. So we're we're sinners. It's us. And this power of, is is it's the leading and more powerful among created beings, superior to man. It's spiritual. I can't say this word. Pontinatus. I just wrote it down because I'd never seen that word in my life. It's it's one who ha- wields great power or sway. And so, again, if it's like a, an enemy, the demons and stuff like that, that they have this extra power. Again, a lot of us were like, oh, man, can, can bring it on, you know, demon. That demon would just flick you like you were nothing. You know what I mean? Just get out of here. You know, he wouldn't even wouldn't look at you. That's why, you know, we don't we don't battle against them. Why? Because we can't. I, I can't battle a demon. That's why it has to be God that does it. We call on Jesus. We call on the angels to do those things. 
conveyed us into the kingdom of, of the Son of Love. And again, it's a contrast from the darkness of this power to the Son of Love. Jesus came to conquer, but he, it's because He loves us. It's not out of, out of anger that, that Jesus did these things. It's, 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 he's the Son of Love. God so loved the world. Isn't that a beautiful saying? Again, it's not a it's not an anger religion, or it shouldn't be. We should not be angry Christians, and we shouldn't be, you know, rising up. It's a son of love. Now, again, there is judgment, and there are rules, and I'm not saying that that oh everything is fine, just bring it all in. So, no, 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 that's not that's not God. God is, again is pure. There are rules, but God still loves you. He still has a heart for you. What did Jesus do for us? In verse 14, it says that in whom whom we have redemption through his blood. And this redemption, it's it's a releasing affected by by a payment of a ransom. There was a ransom that was paid for you. It's a ransom that was paid for me. There was was deliverance. There was an understanding that there was something that was giving. In the New Testament, it's, 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 it's deliverance affected through the death of Christ from the wrath of a holy God and the merited penalty of sin. Romans 3.24 says, and we all know this one, it says, being justified freely by the grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1.7 says, in, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Again, it's, it's nothing that we've done. It's not because my grandmother played organ and organ and, and church. It's not because I paid for these chairs to be in here. It's not be, I can't earn my way into heaven. The only way that it happens is through the redemption of the blood of Jesus Christ for my sins. It's Jesus' blood. And because so many times we sit there as, and we just kind of hear that and we're like, well, why? What, what is the deal with blood? You ever wonder that? Why, why is it blood? Why, why, what is so, why is so gory about this, this Christian faith that it had to be? Am I the only one? You guys never, you guys like, no, cool. I can skip the next part of the study or do you want to hear about it? Okay, why is it blood? Well, blood is the, the Leviticus 17.11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. See, back in the Old Testament, and we've talked about this before, but the understanding again is, as a sinner, you had sin that was on you, correct? And so can God be around sin? Can a holy God be around dirty sin? No, He can't. If we were to enter his presence and we had that, boom, we'd be gone. We just couldn't, he couldn't be around it. He just can't do it. So what he said is, what I'll do is I'll, I'll set an atonement for you guys. And, and so what happens is he, the recognition is that the blood is what carries everything. Through. Blood is the life of your body. You have to have this blood. And so what he says is, I'm going to take this blood and what it's going to do is it's going to be a, a, a condition where it shows that it's going to cover that sin from you so that I can't see it. This, this atonement's going to come over you. And so what you'll do is this blood, when you do the sacrifice, what I'll do is I'll have this blood, and, and what it'll do is it'll hide the sin from me so that we can have some sort of you know, communion or, or something that's going on here. So the atonement is it's the act by which God restores a relationship of harmony and unity between himself and with human beings, between the two of us. Well, there's a, well, the reason is that there's a human need. So, okay, so we know that no one is worthy, right? Nobody's worthy in this room. We understand that. So Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Correct? 
So all of us have sinned. Billy Graham sinned. Pastor Don sins a lot, right? You know, so he sends a lot more than I do, but um, so I still send some, so it's not a big deal. And so, um, so I'm not saying I'm perfect, but just better. Anyway, so it's it's so we 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 all sin and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We all know that. Well, we cannot hide from our sin. Hebrews four thirteen says, "Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do." So in heaven, again, we talked about it before, in heaven, everything, your sin is just scandal in heaven. Everybody sees it. God sees it. So on earth, we might look at it and go, oh, that person's perfect. Well, guess what? God looks at it and goes, far from it, man. Let me tell you, he does this, he does this. And so your your sin that you've held so well from everybody else that nobody else knows about it, guess what? God does. He just knows. He knows all things. Well, we stand condemned then, right? So if, if we can't be a sinner, and we are, and then we hide it really well, and God knows about it, well, we stand condemned. Romans 3.19 says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, which is us, that every mouth may be stopped, and that the whole world may become guilty before God. So Paul's saying, look, the whole world has got this. The whole world has got this problem. But God, through atonement, had changed that. He said, look, I've got an atonement. An atonement, you can kind of break it down too. It says, at one mint. Okay, so at one mint. Through God's atoning grace and forgiveness, we are reinstated to a relationship of at one mint. So again, as, as this relation comes upon us and as this atonement that God provided for us, we are able to then become atoned with God. We're able to have now a relationship with God. So Leviticus 17.11 says, The blood of the animals is accepted, but Leviticus 1.4 says that we must also identify ourselves personally with that. So they wouldn't just say, Hey, look, here's here's uh, 20 sheep. I'll check you later, okay? Have a good one. You can't do that. What they would literally have to do is they, a lot of times they would sit there and they would put their hands on this animal and they would have to be part of it. You ever kill an animal before? All right? Some of you guys have. Some of you are like, no. That happened. Okay, so well, you better be really good back then in the Old Testament if you didn't like to kill animals. So you were sitting there, and you had to be you had to be part of it. What they would do, and sometimes when they would take in that sheep for the for the the, the Passover, is they actually would bring the sheep in the house and let it play like an animal, like a pet. So the kids are like, "Oh, sheepy! I want to sleep with sheepy tonight." And then guess what? Then the, the week later, they're like, "Okay, let's take sheepy out." And you're like, "What? That's that's our yeah." That's how bad sin costs. And so now you have an, an, an atonement. You have a, you're part of this and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so sorry, sheepy, you know, for, for what has happened. But man, I, I want my relationship with God. And, and so then all of a sudden you have that moment and you're like, I, I did this to the sheep. It's because of my sin. Well, the same thing happens with Christ as we, you can't just say, you know, go to a, a crusade or, or even today or whatever and just go, you know what, man, I don't want to go to hell. So, uh, that Jesus saying, I'm all in, you know, yeah, I'm a Christian and, uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm not going to hell now. That's not how it works. You have to be, you have to be a part of it. You understand? It's the same thing as, as with the animals that you then have to have an understanding in your heart. And again, that's between you and God, but you have it, you have to be all in with, with Jesus and say it's I understand Christ what you you did for me as that blood comes down from you and for something that you you didn't do 
for me. And as we, we continue to learn more about Easter and, and Good Friday and the services this year, and as we continue to, to truly have an understanding of what Christ did for us, it's, it kind of changes it. You know, you watch the passion and you understand what Jesus went through leading up to that point, not just the cross, but just the beatings and the things that he took for no reason. He was without sin. And so as you identify yourself with Jesus and you have an understanding and, and then you say, you know what? I'm going to, I understand now what you did for me. I understand that I'm a sinner and that I've, I've fallen short of the glory of God and I, I, I need, I need your blood, Jesus. Because see, Jesus' blood is different from that animal, that sheep or, or whatever. It, see, Jesus' blood was perfect. And, and the glorious thing about Jesus is that his sacrifice was actually accepted by the Lord. That's why three days later it's so important that Jesus rose from the dead because it was accepted. And so what his blood does is it doesn't just cover you where God says, oh, sin, oh, wait, I don't see it anymore. It doesn't cover you. The, the blood of Jesus Christ, what it does is it completely washes you clean. You're like, what? What just happened? You're clean. You're washed up. All that sin, all that, all that yuckiness that if we could have spiritual goggles on and we could look around this room and go, whoa, you know, you didn't take a bath this morning, man. You need to, you need to, no, no, get that, that that's disgusting. Get that out of here. Jesus just completely washes it away. But again, you have to identify yourself with him. It's not just a flippant, oh yeah, man, I, I'm good. You know, me and Jesus were, we're good, man. I, I know what he did, and man, I appreciate it. Hebrews 9, 11 through 15 says, but, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of, of goats and, and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling in the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serving to serve the living God. And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called by may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. So Jesus, what he does is he becomes that perfect mediator between the two. And that's what Paul's trying to get them to understand. Christian, again, as, as you go into your life now and you finish the, the today Gnostics and, and the power of knowledge and the power of, of levels as far as trying to, to get a religion to, to save you in some way or, or just the power of knowledge of really I don't need God because he's just a fairy tale and those are books that are written you know thousands of years ago. They don't mean anything. It's the same thing that Paul was struggling with at the time. Christian, I look at you and I say, no, you, you need to draw closer to him. And again, it's not about a church. It's not about a religion. It's about your personal relationship with God, your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. See, and see, our job up here is, is whether you're on worship team or, or if you're the mouthpiece that God uses behind the pulpit today or, or tomorrow or next week or wherever that you go. It's, it's not my job to save you. It's not my job to make sure that I go home and make sure that you're reading your Bible. It's an encourage you like Paul's doing to say, look, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God would do these things within your life. 
that you would have a desire to have a spiritual understanding of who He is. To have a spiritual understanding of, of what is the will of God within my life. Or what are the plans that He has for me. What are the tree limbs that I need to, to, to kind of pinch off within my life and to remove those? Why? Because they're inhibiting my desire and my dream of being able to follow Christ more closely. What are those things within your life? What are those things that you need to, to move out of your life so that I can truly and just focus on what God has got for me today? And then are you willing then to push the chips in? Christian, again, are you willing to push the chips in? It's a wild ride when you do. It's crazy. I mean, it's, it's an experience that you've never experienced before, and, and it's, it's only known to those who do that. Are you willing to do that for God? Paul was. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. Christian, this morning, that, that should be your prayer. As Paul's prayed and as the church is praying for you and, and Lord, I'm coming before you right now and I have an understanding of what the redemption and I'm, I'm recognizing myself with Jesus and what he did. Man, I, God, I just want more. Lord, what is that will within your, that you have for me in my life? That should be your prayer this week. And then act upon it. Remember, Christianity is an action word, it's a verb. You need to be doers of the word. Thanks for listening. So, did Jesus cause a change in you today? Or do you need prayer? We'd love to hear from you. Please contact us by visiting our website at calvarychapelcf.com or call our office at 941-926-3717. That's 941-926-3717. Again, thanks for listening to In the Word with Pastor Don.